Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa, www.islamhouse.com is pleased to present to you this lecture, entitled, An Explanation of Surah Al-Fatiha by Rafil Zafir. I would like to conclude with tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha. Even though Surah Al-Fatiha is the first surah uh, in the uh, Quran, but it is fitting that with it we will conclude the tafsir of the Quran. This surah is the greatest thing of the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had revealed uh, to mankind. And it was revealed as a mercy to people who would obey Allah Azza wa Jal and understand where do they, what is their relationship with their maker. It is a surah in which the first part is praising to Allah Azza wa Jal. And in the middle there is the absolute tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the last portion of it is a dua to Allah Azza wa Jal to help guide us to do the right thing so that we will be of the successful one and so that Allah Azza wa Jal will be pleased uh, with us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it incumbent of every Muslim to recite this surah in every salah. And the salah in which Surah Al-Fatiha is not recited, Rasulullah alayhi salatu wassalam described it as imperfect. No salah, just imperfect. If Surah Al-Fatiha is not uh, recited. I will go over its tafsir and then we will mention as time allows what has been said about this surah and its virtues and where does it fit in our lives. All of us know Surah Al-Fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawm Al-Deen. Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een. Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. Sirat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim. Ghayr Al-Maghdubi Alayhim. Walab-Dalleen. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says what means all the praises and thanks be to Allah the Lord of the mankind the jinn and all that exists Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim the most beneficent the most merciful the only owner of the day of recompense you alone O Allah we worship and you alone O Allah we ask for help guide us to the straight way the way of those whom you have bestowed your grace not the way of those who earned your anger nor of those who went astray Allah Azza wa Jal in this surah starts by his praises Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim 
has been mentioned as being a part of the surah by some scholars that it is an ayah in this surah and others have said no it is just like any other surah you start with bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim but regardless if you take it as an ayah of the surah or not an ayah of the surah the number of the ayat of surah al-fatiha is seven and the difference is the last ayah whether you break it into two ayat or leave it as it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it in the Quran surah al-fatiha that is al-sab'al-mathani the seven that you keep repeating so it is seven ayat whether you include bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim as an ayah or not it is still seven ayat Allah azza wa jal starts by Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Alhamdulillah we say that very often and it is important that we say it very often it is a praising to Allah Azza wa Jal and there is a great reward by mentioning these words even though it's words said by the mouth it's always better also to think about it let it come out from our heart we think what we are saying and not just be saying it without understanding what it means Alhamd it means in reality thanking or showing gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone that's only fitting to Allah azza wa jalla and no one else we can thank one another there's nothing wrong with that if one does something to someone else but the real thank to Allah azza wa jalla is alhamd to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to thanking him and the exclusion of everyone else because the thanking to Allah thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unique and everything of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises him and say uh, alhamdulillah and subhanallah and all these glorifying statements that only fits Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we thank Allah azza wa jal through the word of alhamdulillah over the things that we conceive as good and over the things that we conceive as not good but everything is good that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we only thought about it but it is the design of Allah azza wa jal that makes us sometimes think that this is bad this is uh, uh, good everything that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we thank him for it and we praise him we say alhamdulillah over everything but when we thank one another we only thank one another over the things that we conceive or perceive as being good alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen he is the lord and the master of the worlds we don't know how many worlds there are but we know there is the world of mankind there is the world of the jinn there is the world of the angels and each one is diff- the world of the angels and each one is different creation from different origin different purpose for their creation besides worshiping allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all these belong to Allah Azza wa Jal that He is their Rabb, He is the one who had created them and they belong to Him He is, in ayah number 2 Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim He is Rahman and Rahim and both these words are derived from Rahma which is mercy and both of them are exaggeration of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is mercy and there is mercy the mercy that you and I know is nothing compared to the true mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
So he is Rahman, which is an exaggeration of the character of the mercyfulness that Allah Azza wa Jal owns, as well as Rahim is also an exaggeration. The interpreters of the Quran had differed, is there any difference between these two or not? But it seems that the vast majority would say that Ar-Rahman, meaning the one who will show mercy over people in this life, whether they are believers or not. Because even the kafirs benefit from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By allowing them to live until so many years and they die, that's the mercy of Allah. He could have just taken them away. By allowing them to breathe, by allowing them to work, by giving them eyes and so on, and all the bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's mercy from Allah azawajal. And He gives it to both the good doers and the wrongdoers. But Ar-Rahim is reserved only for the believers in the hereafter. So Ar-Rahman is the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showers everyone in this life, while Ar-Rahim is the mercy or the character of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will show his mercy to those who believe in him in the hereafter wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala a'lam maliki yawmiddin or maliki yawmiddin both recitations are correct which means he has the ownership and the dominion over the day of judgment he is the one who nothing else will go without his permission but one would ask, uh, if Allah owns or controls the day of resurrection or the day of recompense, doesn't he control also the other days? The thing that's unique about the day of recompense is that the true and the absolute mastery of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be um, shown on that day. No one is allowed to talk. No one is allowed to move. No one is allowed to do anything without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. True and absolute dominion of Allah in this life yes nothing goes on without the permission of Allah but we can talk we can do things whether we are asking for permission or we don't we have that freedom in the day of judgment there is no such a thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Maliki Yawmiddin he is the one who controls and has the dominion over everything on that day not the Jibreel, not the angels, not mankind, no jinn, no one will do anything or will talk or will say anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, um, ownership, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala owns that day. In this life, some of us will say, well, this is my house. This is my book. Well, we know that everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we can claim that it belongs to us. In the hereafter, in the day of recompense, that does not exist. You just do not own anything, nor will it even come to your mind to say this is mine. Everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are all praises to Allah azza wa jal. Then comes the tawheed, and all of it is tawheed. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nastani. And the way, again, it's worded in the Arabic language can mean only one thing. It's not that we worship Allah. Worship Allah has weakness in it. And that weakness, when you say, I worship Allah, it does not negate or prevent that you might be worshipping something else besides Allah. Well, when we say, wa It is you, O Allah, alone, 
that we worship and it is you Allah O oh Allah alone that we seek refuge and help and that is the absolute Tawheed that you depend that first of all you submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone that I do not worship anything else any, anyone else except you O oh Allah purely and at the same time I submit to you O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that if when I need help I seek it from no one but you because I know you are the only one who can help me who can solve my problem who can save me attestation after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then confirming your true worship and dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then comes the dua or asking Allah azza wa jal. and it's no difference in this life that if you need something from someone you just don't go then barging in and say give me that the likelihood of you being answered is not going to be that great you first just praise him you're a good man you know you're capable of helping and you know we've seen you do that before after you do all this introduction and soften his heart then you hit him oh could you please do this for me Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the higher example Allah azza wa jal is being praised then you submit to him oh Allah and then and this is not unique um, to Muslims if you read throughout the Quran when you look at the dua of all the prophets it always is like this they praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they submit to him and then they will ask what they want to ask read the Quran from cover to cover you will see this is the style it is the polite way and it is the proper way of asking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's why Rasulullah teaches you want to make dua to Allah what do you say you raise your hand and say give me give me or you say Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen you praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ala Sayyidil Mursaleen and then the more you praise the better but the minimum is Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen ala Sayyidil Mursaleen then you ask the asking is O Allah, guide us to the straight path, the straight way. The straight path or the straight way is nothing less and nothing more than the path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had chosen for all mankind to follow. And fortunately only the Muslims followed it. One would wish that all mankind did. This Sirat al-Mustaqeem are the laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had revealed the Quran, the Sunnah of Rasulullah which will guide people to be saved from the torment of the fire of hell and be entered into the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his will and by his mercy. This is what we ask. Oh Allah, guide us, show us the straight path and then you define what this straight path is or the, the straight path is defined. Sirat al-Ladina an'amta alayhim Oh Allah, guide us the straight path, the path whom you had showed favor or showed your grace upon them. The prophets and the righteous people, we want to follow suit with them. We, we want to be over their path and there is no better guide, there is no better path than the path which Rasulullah had guided us uh, to it and that is Al-Islam. It and that is Al-Islam. And at the same time, you want to make it clear, it is not any other path. And that is through غير المغضوب عليهم ولا Not the path of those whom 
uh, who uh, you are uh, showed your wrath upon them, nor those who are misguided. Al-Maghdubi alayhim, those who had earned the uh, anger, and the anger here, of course, is in reference to the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over them, are those who knew the truth and they had ample knowledge, but they never acted by it. And they never acted by it knowingly. There is a difference. There are people who know but did not act because of ignorance for some reason. But these are the people who had the knowledge and knowingly went out of their way not to apply it. And this is the according to the interpreters and according to the hadith of Rasulullah are the Jews. Nor are the misguided. Who are the misguided? Are those who did not have enough knowledge and they think that they are doing right. And the example or those are, as Rasulullah had described, are the Christians. Have basically no knowledge. You talk to any one of them, they are just a flat. They have nothing solid to talk about. All of it is just hearsay and, and, and thinking and ideas, but no solid foundation. And that's why they think that they are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a variety of ways, but they are misguided. When we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the right path, we ask Him that to be on the path whom the one He had shown grace upon, like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not the path of other people who, are, who had earned the anger and the wrath of Allah azza wa the Jews, nor are those who are misguided, the Christians. Now, Surah Al-Fatiha, with whatever left of my time, I'll just go over the virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha, Fatiha in the Arabic language means the opener. And this is the first surah that you'll find in the Quran. So it is the one that you begin with. And this is the, the surah we'll begin also our salat with every time. And it has many names. It is named as Ummul Kitab. Again, these are names that you see it in the Quran. Ummul Kitab, which literally means the mother of the book or the essence. Uh, of the book that is the Quran Ummul uh, Kitab and also Ummul Quran because everything that you see in the Quran is in the meaning of this uh, surah and it's also called As-Sab uh, al-Mathani that it is the seven that's repeated uh, often seven because it's seven ayat and Mathani means it's, you keep repeating it and we recite it at least 17 times a day if not more and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about all these names in the hadith um, that describes this. And also um, in the hadith it is uh, called Asas uh, al-Quran which means it's the foundation uh, of the Quran because of what the rest of the Quran uh, uh, revolves uh, around. And also it's no, uh, uh, called as a shifa which means a cure. Rawa al-Darimi an Abi Sa'id al-Khudari marfu'an Fatihatul Kitabi shifa'un min kulli sam. He said, alayhi salatu wassalam, what means that Fatihatul Kitab, Surah Al-Fatiha, is a cure from every poison. And there is no worse poison than the poison of ignorance and shirk in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the cure uh, for it. This surah was revealed, uh, as we said, in uh, Mecca. And 
its virtues are many I will just mention a few what is uh, mentioned روى الإمام أحمد بن حنبل رحمه الله عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال خرج رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم على أبي بن كعب وهو يصلي فقال يا أبي فالتفت ثم لم يجب ثم قال يا أبي فخفف أبي ثم انصرف إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال السلام عليك إي رسول الله فقال وعليك السلام ما منعك إي أبي إذ دعوتك أن تجيبني فقال أي رسول الله إني كنت في الصلاة قال أولست تجد فيما أوحي إلي فيما أوحى الله إلي استجيبوا لله وللرسول إذا دعاكم لما يحييكم قال بلى يا رسول الله لا أعود قال أتحب أن أعلمك سورة لم, لم ينزل لم ينزل لا في التوراة ولا في الإنجيل ولا في الزبور ولا في الفرقان مثلها قلت نعم يا رسول الله قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إني لا أرجو أن لا أخرج من هذا الباب حتى تعلمها قال فأخذ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بيدي يحدثني وأنا أتباطأ مخافة أن يبلغ بي قبل الحديث قبل أن يبلغ بي قبل أن يبلغ قبل أن يقضي الحديث فلما دنونا من الباب قلت أي رسول الله ما السورة التي وعدتني قال ما تقرأ في الصلاة قال فقرأت عليه أم القرآن قال والذي نفسي بيده ما أنزل الله في التوراة ولا في الإنجيل ولا في الزبور ولا في القرآن مثلها إنها السبع المثاني In this hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told Ubay ibn Ka'ab about something that will revive him and, and make him a better Muslim and will benefit him and even though the story is long but the bottom line is that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him do you know what it is he said no I don't know uh, then Rasulullah asked him what were you reciting when you were making salah he told him it was Surah Al-Fatiha then Rasulullah said what means by the one in whose hand is my soul Allah never revealed nor neither in the Torah nor in the Injil nor in the Zabur which is the book of uh, Dawood nor in the Quran something similar to it and that is As-Sab' al-Mathani which is the seven ayat that are repeated uh, often وروى مسلم عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من صلى صلاة لم يقضيها بأم القرآن فهي خداج ثلاثا أي غير تمام Abu Hurairah narrated that Rasulullah said in the hadith what means whoever made a salah and then he did not recite Umm al-Quran meaning al-Fatiha then it is imperfect and he repeated that three times it's imperfect, it's imperfect, it's imperfect, it's imperfect, it's imperfect. and of course there is a difference of opinion as to the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha behind the Imam according to three uh, statements I think with this one I will uh, conclude and that is some said that regardless uh, of the Salat you are always recited if it's Salat in which the Imam will recite it loudly the Salat, salat is in loud then you also have to say it others said no regardless of the Salat whether it is 
uh, when the imam recites it loudly or not you are not to do it because the imam will do it on your behalf and others said no if the imam said it loudly then you don't have to but if the imam does not say it loudly like in salat al-asr and salat al-dhuhr then you have to do it um, the second opinion is not uh, strong and that is when the imam does not recite the fatiha loudly like in salat al-dhuhr and salat al-asr everyone should recite al-fatiha in every rak'ah everyone should recite salat al-fatiha in every rak'ah and if the imam says it in a loud voice it seems wallah subhanahu wa ta'ala a'lam that it is better that everyone would recite it also on his own after the imam finishes again with the understanding there is ample evidence and strong evidence that also you do not say it the imam you say it and 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 the reason is for, for that as they these scholars have said is the Ameen the Ameen is always better to be said at the end of the surah the Ameen means oh Allah respond istajab so they say that when you say Ameen after the Imam finishes surah al-fatiha it will be as if you're just repeating what the Imam have said so therefore there is no need for you to say surah al-fatiha wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best and maybe Shaykh Ahmad would like to comment on that if need be I think I will conclude with this and stop. Jazakumullahu khayran. I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling uh, me to go over the tafsir of the Qur'an. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept from us and correct uh, our uh, mistakes and bless us uh, with uh, His uh, mercy and give us the knowledge that we will benefit uh, from and make this knowledge of benefit to us and not against us in the day of judgment اقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله العلي العظيم لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين وجزاكم الله خيرا والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته In conclusion we ask Allah that he brings you benefit through this lecture For more information you may contact us through the following address The Islamic Propagation Office Rabwa PO Box 29465 Riyal 11457 Saudi Arabia Phone 445-4900 Also 491-6065 Fax 497-0126 If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh